Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Welcome back to the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. You can catch me here every week or say what's up to me on Insta at It's Row Grow. Okay, y'all, let's dive in. Last week, you got to meet a client that I coach one-on-one. His name is Fami Kayera. He's a rapper, independent artist, and CEO of a creative agency called The Streets Coldest. If you haven't had the chance to catch up on that episode, pop back to episode 29 and give it a listen. And this week, you're going to get to meet another client of mine. While I taught Fami the tips, tools, and strategies to set up systems and processes, my next client allowed me into their business to help set up these processes and systems, specifically for their marketing team. I wanted to do this episode for you because I know as we head into 2022, There are going to be several New Year's resolutions that you might have for yourself, your team, and for your business. And if you've ever considered hiring a coach to help get you and your team to the next stage in your business, I thought I would interview another one of my clients so you can get a real behind-the-scenes look at what working with a coach like me could do to transform you, your team, and your business. I focus on teaching small business owners how to network to create connections, collaborations, and of course, sales for their business. But I also focus on teaching small business owners how to add foundational business structures and systems to view their business in one place. This is especially important as your business begins to scale and you add more employees and more departments. The benefit of this is that business owners can see every part of their business in one area and view what every team member is doing to move the business forward. You see, one of the requirements when working with me is that you must use a project management software system to keep your business rocking and rolling. Good old pen and paper just won't cut it. If you're a small business owner or a budding small business owner, the reason why having a PM system is so important is because you might fall into one or all four of these categories. Number one, you were once an employee and all the systems and structures were set up for you in the business you were working in. Two, you might not have a ton of background in business. However, you have a brilliant idea or passion that you want to bring to the market. And guess what? You'll need some structure in order to bring those ideas and passions to the starting line. Number three, you might constantly find yourself saying, I don't have time to do that, 
or shit, I totally dropped the ball on that deliverable because I spaced and totally forgot. Or you might be constantly burning the midnight oil trying to get things done time and time again. And lastly, number four, you might be wondering what each of your team members are doing and don't have a way to gain insight on their performance because your attention just is elsewhere in the business. And if any or all four of the categories that I just described encompasses you, then the magic pill that you're missing just might be a PM system. Hey you, one of the best things I ever did was invest in my business coach, Scott Forge. Scott really is my secret weapon in my business. And with him by my side, I've been able to smoothly transition my life from the US to the UK, launch two businesses, cut class and clever little sleeper, have integrity around what I say I'm gonna do in my business, and not to mention, he helped me close my first $20,000 client in the UK. If you've ever thought about hiring your own coach, that's what I'm here for. Imagine having your own secret weapon, hint, hint, that's me, that helps you slay networking and business processes and systems. If you're not exactly sure what a small business coach like me can do to transform your business, let's hop on a free 15-minute call and explore what you want to create in 2022. To book your free 15-minute call, there's a link to my calendar in the podcast description. Now let's get back to the show. And my guest today, Nadia Scott, is going to share how our time together has leveled up her culture and her business game. Nadia Scott is a managing director of Gion Training Solutions, a government-funded training provider in the northeast of England. Nadia's team is responsible for drawing down funds from the government, creating training programs for people that are out of employment or are seeking to upskill themselves. This training is geared to sectors that are most in need, meaning these sectors are growing and need employees. However, people just don't have the skills to enter that market. For example, the construction sector or digital sector are two areas of need. Nadia's team finds the learners to give them the training they need inspects them out to these different sectors with their respective employee partners. Gian also offers a commercial program for CPD units. One of their most recent clients in this area is Greg's. As you might imagine, there is a lot that goes on into the operations of Gian, from bidding for funds to marketing to potential learners to resourcing learners to onboarding, nurturing, and offboarding learners, keeping track of tutors and timelines, to following compliance procedures, and setting up employee partnerships. I mean, wow. It's a lot to keep track of, right? So on this episode, Nadia is going to share a little bit about herself, her business, and what it's been like to work with me on her team. Without further ado, let's meet Nadia. Hi, Ro. Hello. So Nadia, every time I bring a guest on the show, I always like for them to share in their own words a little bit about themselves. So can you give us a little bit of your background in terms of your career and your background with running businesses? I started my business career in 1999, back in the 90s, and I've always had a recruitment background. I stumbled upon that role. 
I went to a recruitment agency because I wanted a job. And when I got there, she asked us what type of job I wanted. And I said, I want yours. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted a job because she was polished. She was this beautiful, well, all stunning in there. It was Office Angels. That's what was the agency at the time. And they all had beautiful navy suits. And I loved the shiny briefcases. And I just wanted, it was like when my sister would look at the dance and say, I want to be on the stage. I wanted to be in business. I always knew that I was going to be a boss and I was going to wear a suit. You definitely are a boss. (laughs) Well, I think so a little bit. So, and then after that, when I said I wanted the job, she said, well, you need a degree to get into recruitment. You need to be a postgrad. And she was quite, you know, like, this is what you need to have. And you don't have that. Because she had my CV because she was going to help me find a job. So she knew I wasn't qualified. (laughs) So I thought, right, we'll see. So we should put me into another small role, which was in the AA, which I did enjoy. But I kept applying for recruitment jobs. And I thought, if I get a little bit of a sales background, I'll get into recruitment. And then I entered into recruitment in 1999 for a company called Berry Medical. And that's where I started. And from then, I worked my way through all different types of the recruitment sector over the last 22 years. Healthcare was my first stage because I was a very compassionate person. And I always helped out in healthcare beforehand. I'd done charity work. I used to go and help out in a mental health unit and just go and see the patients there when I was 16. So for me, it combined two passions. I loved looking after and nurturing people, but I also loved business. So I went into healthcare recruitment and that was the start for me. The first interview I had, I didn't get the job, but she called us back and she gave me the job, even though I didn't (laughs) have the experience. And then I got her job. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. You started your career in recruitment, and then at some point in your career, you pivoted and you became your own boss and you started your entrepreneurial journey. Can you talk about what happened with that? What happened to make that shift occur? I've had a few um, businesses. I've set up a few. I've had a few things that didn't work out, let's say. But the one that led us on to Gion, so this venture, I had one previous was I was due to going for quite a big operation that was going to see me out of work for some time. And me and my partner, Trevor, um, who I'm in business with too, we said, you know, if we're going to do this for someone else, let's do it for ourselves. I had the back office experience. I knew how to set up businesses because I had done a few myself in the past. I won't say failed, but there were businesses I learned a lot from. And after I came out of hospital, it was literally I set up Gion Recruitment from my bedroom. And within six months, we went from bedroom to boardroom. And it was literally a survival thing at the the beginning. It was like, we've got to, you know, you're going to be out of work for so long. This is the time to do it. I know what to do. And Trevor was fantastic, you know, fantastic consultant, had really good clients. And that's what happened. We set up Gion and we just went from strength to strength within the recruitment arm. So within six months, we were in Newcastle City Centre in Clavering House, which we still are today. and But it wasn't for me. I was not burning out of recruitment, but my passion was leaving recruitment for a while. I wasn't finding the rewards in it. It was like I was always looking at the development side of people more, and I don't feel like you didn't get that in the recruitment sector. So with six months in, having the recruitment, we then set up Gion Training, and that is my baby. Like That is me. That was always my passion project, and we're now five years in with Gion. And that's how the training came about. I love that. So can you just give a little bit of context for the listeners as to what a training company is? Because in America, I don't think that government funded programs exist in this fashion to support people that are out of work or to support businesses that are 
in a sector where there is a demand for employees. So for example, let's say like there is a need in the construction sector in America, the government doesn't say, well, here you go, training company, go train people that are unemployed to get upskilled to go into those roles. So can you explain a little bit as to what is a training company and how does it work? Yes. So we bid for money. So we are a government funded provider. We also offer commercial, but the government releases on average 33 billion of funding over in a year, which sounds enormous to our education department. And that all gets tendered out by the strategic plan for each region. And then based on that, a training provider would bid for pots of money that we would say sit in priority sectors. So like what you said, construction is a massive skill shortage in the industry at the moment, 67%. And we bid for money to align that is for employer-led. So you I go out and make relationships with employers, find out what their skills gaps are, look at where their learning and development plan is, what their training needs analysis are. And then we will go back and put a bid together or we will enter government a case study, if you like, and put that together and say exactly what is that they're requiring, what qualifications they want. And then you draw that money down. You don't physically get it. You draw it down in stages as you go through the process of training those individuals and and getting them employed into work. That's awesome. So you guys, this is a really cool industry to be in. It's very fast paced and the knowledge that you need to go into this sector to understand the different budgets, understanding how to create right bids, how to align strategic partnerships is all very methodical and strategic. And Nadia is an absolute master in this realm. So she's making it sound very easy, but she literally knows the government-funded sector very, very well, like the back of her hand. And yeah, so it's just a really very fast-paced, really interesting industry that gives a lot back to people that are in the communities. And if you are in the UK, if you've never worked with a training provider, please look out for your local training provider. And if you're in the Northeast, of course, check out Gion Training Solutions. But moving on. So can you just tell me, you're five years into your business, what stage of growth would you say you're in at this point? Take me back to maybe those first beginning years, you were bedroom to boardroom, kind of walk me through your growth in terms of how it's kind of gone over the last five years. Yeah. How's it evolved? When we started training, we started on a contract that was all like pre-employment. So I wanted to align what we were doing in the recruitment. I could see the skills gaps in the recruitment agency. We were constantly filling the same vacancies and I wanted to understand why. Why are these people coming and going? Why are these players not keeping them? So my initial was pre-employment training. Why I wanted to tender for money and give people just the basic employment skills because what I identified quite early on was that Newcastle, the Northeast, has the largest qualified dole queue in the whole country. So that means people on benefits. And what were they lacking? So they were lacking the basic employment skills, how to show up on time, how to behave, how to present yourself, how to communicate, how to embed your values. So we started off with pre-employment, very basic pre-employment training, and we were utilising our recruitment partners, and that was going quite well. But then I wanted to do a bit more. I didn't want to just, we didn't just want to pre-employ people at a basic level. So as we got our confidence in the training, which was very, like you said before, is very complex. So it does take time to get your head around the different funding streams. And there's a lot of competition and a lot of comparison and everyone's doing the same thing, dressed up in a different way. And I didn't want to get my brand lost in that generic 
sea of yes we can give you an employment qualification so then we started getting more specific within the priority sectors once I understood how the funding worked and how you got more money for certain pots of funding then I wanted to say well where's the biggest need in our community where's the biggest drawdown how can we help the largest employers growth so once I identified that we started slowly emerging into the construction sector within and that was always our plan because the recruitment agency was construction but it was a very technical to get into with training so it it took a little longer. Where we are now I would say is a very exciting time for Gion. We've secured our own contracts now moving into 2022. We've been working with some really good partners, we've got some good funding partners and we're doing what I would say is probably the most rewarding funding stream that we've worked on. We're helping 16 to 24-year-olds on a work-study programme, which people call a traineeship or a work-study programme. And what that basically means is that we work with the employer and we're building their qualifications that are bespoke around the employer. We're also putting in mindset. We're putting in health and wellness. We're covering all the factors, the effects of COVID. We're taking that into account because this age group's been very affected by that. And we are giving them all the construction skills and giving them work experience with these employers. And then they, they get to pick, the individual gets to pick which employer they want to go to. And it's more of a, a mutual relationship between learner and provider and employer. And we're sitting quite high on our progression rate with that. So we're, yes, we're growing nicely. We've still got a ways to go. I think every business always does, but we're, we're heading into big numbers next year. I think both in growth as employees and the amount of people that we serve is definitely looking substantially higher for next year. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I really loved hearing about your journey from where you started in your bedroom and now to see where you are today. How many staff members do you have? It used to just be you and Trevor, and now you guys have a large staff to help you run Gion. Yes, 13 and several subcontractors, self-employed subcontractors. So say in whole, the Gion family is around about 20. Love it. Very good. So you and I have been working together for the last six months. Yeah, we have. We have indeed. (laughs) And what would you say the business looked like prior And I'm just trying to set up for context here for those that are listening. So as you can hear, Nadia has grown and grown and grown and grown, not only in terms of the contracts that she's been able to win, as well as her employees, but also all like the processes and systems that are in place. So as your business evolves, obviously, like there's so many things that have to grow with it. And it's not just necessarily your bottom line. It's literally everything in the business. (laughs) Everything. So can you just share with the listeners, like, what were some of your big pain points? Like, what did it look like, I would say, six months ago before we started working together? I was a lot less organized. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'd say the biggest change I've seen in the six months, the difference is the shift in culture and the way our processes are. Everybody was working quite individually. And I think since, well, I know when you come (laughs) along, I know it was like a little cheap of happiness in the office. But I'd say it was the culture. They changed the culture. You polished the business, I would say, Rochelle. I'd say you came in and you you polished it up. It wasn't bad. Everybody was doing great stuff, but you come in with an insight and really looked at the whole business and aligned the marketing and our brand and with our people. Very cool. I love that. Excellent. What are some of your like big, hairy, audacious goals as you head in 
to 2022? Mm. Um, I've got quite a few, but I'd say the biggest one for me is to be the first training provider in the Northeast that's delivering domestic red, green skills in the construction sector. So the biggest goal is the launch of our Skills Academy to open next year and for that to be a success and be classed as a centre of excellence within the city. That's that's my big hairy goal. I love it. Very good. If somebody's on the fence about hiring a small business coach for their business or for themselves, what would you say to them? It's an investment. It's not an expense. And if you're on the fence, then you're on the fence on yourself. So do you know, you need that investment. And I've invested. I've got all coaches now in my life. <laughs> I've got wellness, I've got business, I've got strategy, I've got you. <laughs> so yes, for me, um, yeah, it's I say it as I was one of those people years ago setting up my business. I was very much, well, God, why do you need someone to coach you? You know, you start setting out in business. At first, you think it's a luxury, and a lot of people say coaching is a luxury. But for me, you need to surround yourself with people that know things better than you and that can teach you. And that's ideally what I say strategy coaches do. Love it. So what do you have going on in the business that you really want to share with the audience? Right, my creative flow project that we've just launched. So we've delved into another sector now within John, and we've always been passionate within the brand and market and digital media. And having you on board, we have now launched our pre-traineeship program, which is the creative flow, which will support individuals who want to become inspiring entrepreneurs themselves and then creative market industry, or if they want to go and work for you know, a big branding company. We've got some fantastic businesses lined up for work experience. Cook Class is one of them. <laughs> We've also got The Streets Coldest as one of them. Edge Agency is one of them. Um, Vital Services. So I'm really excited about this program launching and we've also got blue moon market and the lovely Anne who does all of us supports uh, John with their marketing so it's a really exciting program and I'm hoping it's going to attract a lot of young people last year we helped over 487 individuals and this year where next year we want to support even more young people into employment so we're hoping to double that awesome and Nadia if people want to find you where can they find you you can find me at giantis.co.uk And on LinkedIn, I'm Nadia Scott. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Nadia. I had an absolute blast with you. And I know the audience is really going to enjoy listening to this episode. Thanks for having me, Rob.